It's in the Congo in front from Coast Watch. Animo, is he running out of ground? In the Congo in front. Animo trying to go toe for toe in the Congo kicks. And in the Congo won the Golden Rose. Welcome to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK in studio. Hey, Scooty, yes. You're back on fire. Man on fire. Fine, fine, fine. A couple of winners, mate, finally. Well, we needed them, but uh, that was good. Switch, the over, target. switch over to Telegram. A few people are saying, oh, when, when are the tips going to come through? When are the tips coming through? I'm going to say, just be oh, patient, be to, patient. He's a sniper, this bloke. I had to duck and dodge he just went bang, from, bang. There's a few losers there. A few horses went like busted, so I just had to duck dodge and move and wait for a couple of good ones. So mm. get the, get the, get it back on track. Strike rate and profit mm. absolutely could be, high. Could be happening the next few days. Yep. Look at the thought I've done the form so far, so stand by. Outstanding stuff. And uh, Nico, back from uh, the house move. Well, he's only hop-stepping a J.E. Danny Turak. Didn't he move down to Turak? <laughs> Definitely not Turak. Well, where, where, whereabouts, Nick? Down, down at Wright at the moment. Right. So it's yeah. a pretty good part of the world down there. Um, yeah, just COVID ticking away. Man. It's word Cranbourne West. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you did a little uh, tw- Twitter, uh, like a broadcast on Twitter with the, uh, the Mooney Valley. Uh, races last Friday night. I, I enjoyed it. I was sitting at home eating pizza on the couch and uh, tuned into it. I thought it was pretty good stuff. Yeah, what did you do? What'd you do yeah. there? You me and track? Trav just uh, decided Twitter Spaces, you can just go live. So we pretty much just did a, a sort of mini broadcast. A radio the, show. Uh, for, what, for, for the main race or for a few races? No, the, the whole card. Oh, you yeah. just the whole Fucking card. Hour. It was amazing. <laughs> it was an absolute marathon. <laughs> Don't know if I'll do it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Learned me lesson there and it was an absolute strip out as well. So that didn't help. Yeah. That never sort of helps the... Uh, no. The confidence levels or anything like that, does always, it? It's always the way. No. Mm. Fill up yesterday, though, Geelong. I chimed in to uh, two of your good vets. Yeah, exactly. Uh, found Lazuka in Nevaeh's later in the day. I think we sent out four on top. Probably mm. could have made a bit more of that day and a bit of a mixed bag. Backed a few last, backed a few seconds, backed they ran, a few they winners. They pretty straight there, didn't they? It was like the biggest they odds, did. The biggest yeah. odds of that last winner of Ollie's and was only six bucks or something. They yeah. ran, ran pretty straight. Mm. And I suppose we can talk about, well, everyone's talking about Animo. Animo, I see, yeah. Uh, Richie Callender's coming out and saying it's, uh, it's going to win the Cox Plate, and then all of a sudden it's installed around two dollar fifty favourite for the Caulfield Guineas. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all those people. They're all, they're all, uh, they're all doubling down on them. Mate. All the people who declared it there on the weekend are all on the Chevy with it. So they got to <laughs> oh, got beat there. So a little win the Caulfield Guineas. Well, it might. I mean, it's a good horse, but I'd be waiting for a barrier draw personally. And if it draws fourteen or fourteen, well, then they got to reassess, don't they? But um, oh, they, they ran. I just I had to look at another look at the times of that race. Geez, they, as I was saying, with, the, with those gay horses up the front and gay's instructions to keep the foot down. I mean, they're going to they're going to be good rating races, and mm. um, geez, that was a particularly good rating race. That'll hold them in very good stead when they come down here. Yeah, well, you you know this horse inside out, Nico. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, it's a bit of a nightmare horse for you. For many reasons, but... Uh, I've kind of dodged him a little this prep, which has probably been for the better. Um, mm. I was looking to really bet up on him there on Saturday, and then I saw the way the track was playing. I thought, oh, you could be out of playing in the Congo, could sort of steal this. I probably should have backed in the Congo, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I think yeah, the big the big factor there was the track. Like, there's no doubt. It was definitely a bias, I thought. Um, I thought it was definitely a huge advantage to be on the fence, and especially mm. on speed. I think if the track plays fair, Animo does win. Um, and I think J-Mac probably... Could have got going a little bit earlier, but they were going hard. Were going so hard. that was probably his thought process, you know, yeah. 600 out. They've gone quick. They might just fall in a hole. He was, only, he was only second up too. So oh, he looks cherry ripe for a guinea's um, 
sparring on that. You don't hear it, but the, again, they're all blaming the boys. No, I mean, okay, there was bias there, okay. We never heard a word about it when he won at Kembla, when the bias was against him against the Congo, when the fence was off and Animo had, had the pattern mm. in his favour. But there it is on the weekend. Oh, no, no, the, well, the pattern was in, in the Congo's favour and, and not against and against Animo, you know. So yeah. it's all, it's you've got to, I mean, people, you want to blast off early, okay, you get big spoiled in future prices and things like that. But these things, barrier draws mm. and track patterns are, are key. Absolutely. You know? It uh, he, he, yeah, you were pretty savage laying him at the quote, and oh, well, I just didn't think it's second. You know, didn't the, justify the price, especially from barrier eight. Mm. Like if he drew barrier four and landed a pair closer and all that, but um, and especially within in the in the con well, remark. I mean, it's it's uh, can't breathe apparently, so it's gone. How about Artorius? Just again, just too far out of the race. Jeez, copped yeah. a bit of bad luck at the top of the straight he, when he went around that horse that was laying he out. Probably was suited to the tempo. I know because he can. Get on the chewy bit and the yep. slower run races and things like that. But geez, he um he went good. He's just prime example of when a horse has to run fast the entire race. They can't think about anything else. Yeah, you saw him in the extra yeah. plate. He was thinking. Yeah. He was yeah. thinking, am I going to sort of hit the line? What am I doing? He was running all over the track. <laughs> Make him go fast. Golden Slipper, Blue Diamond, high pressure races. He just has to well, chase the whole time. I tell time. you what, and, brings and, out the best in him. And Corf yeah. Caulfield Guineas can be helter skelter. We've yeah. seen some clashes where it's just hell for leather. Yeah. And I, I'm. I'm a little bit concerned that Godolphin may have gone the wrong way with his with uh, Animo. If he was mine, I would have taken him to the Everest and then Everest dropped back Kongo. for the Coolmore. Mm. He just looks like, to me, he's going to be a 1,200, 1,400-meter horse. And then I see Richie and a few people sticking up for him for the Cox Plate. And I'm not convinced. And a horse like Atorius, I thought he was super. I, I think that in the Caulfield Guineas, he could be even suited a little bit more at the mile. Yeah, it'll, just, yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll depend on, on, on the few factors. But, but we know the... Um the models, and for good reason, love the three-year-olds in the Cox Plate. Mm. At forty-nine kilos, no weight, horse on the up out of the Caulfield Guinea. So it is a good, it is a good play. So we'll just see what. See, he's got to get the Caulfield Guineas done first, and see what happens there. A lot of water to go on the bridge. Mm. But I've known in the past from working at Cox Plate, from watching a lot of Cox Plate, the market loves the three-year-old on that lightweight. Yeah, mm. we haven't seen a lot sort of press on to the from the Guineas to the Cox Plate. No. At least few sort of gone through the Spring Champion. But you know, the horses that have sort of progressed through the Guineas. Um, so you think. Piero went to mm. the Cox Plate and started, you know, I think he started favourite well, in that Cox Plate. There's a lot plate. of them. So they can run huge races. Um, yep. I think they made the right call. I think he's looking for 1,600, and if he wins that, you got to have a, a roll of the dice of the Cox Plate for sure. Mm, Jason as a party was on fire. He read the he read that Golden Rose like a book. He said that in the Congo was going to be the horse to run down, and he said that if you're taking the price about Animo and think he's going to win, he probably needed to settle a couple of pairs closer. So it was like he'd uh, he'd seen the race before. Our man Jason uh, yeah, first he good, good crack first up because he tipped secret plays as well. It. Declared yeah, it, and it was favoured. Probably inside, inside was pretty, pretty Craig, hot. There. Craig, Craig was riding like a man possessed, wasn't he over, mm. the, over the weekend? So, and he can um, do that. So that's good. Seven bucks too, wasn't it? When we sort of record the show, so it was, was it a good price. price. Yeah, about six fifty. And uh, the other horse that you boys uh, found was floating artist, and that yeah. was off the map. Three eighty into uh, around two two thirty. Yeah, have, have a look at it. See what he just did, and just strong. Great, he, he was strong as an ox through the line. He like, he's just a good horse. Yeah, love those sort of horses. I don't know where his ceiling is, but. Um, and the jock Tio, he's a good rider for him. He just knows the horse, so he's strong. I'll just get rolling on him. Um, they're not going to run me down. So uh, yeah, no, he's a and the elephant went all right. The elephant, he's, elephant. he's another strong horse. Mm, just yeah. you know, he's not. I mean, he was, you know, he just looks strong and back up when he gets back up in triples. You know, see where they're going with him. So Saki on Saturday as well. It sounded down. There was a few big wins. Yeah, so I think he was just happy to get that one under the belt, Saki. I mean, outside lead in that sort of small field is not ideal. But yeah, the, he, he looks like he'll improve off that. Yeah, I would have thought. yeah, that was. I don't think. He, yeah, in better circumstances, 
and the short SP, very short SP holds him in good stead going forward. It's going to be a cracking show today. We've got uh, Morfittville with Beat the Bagman. He's uh, out of retirement, and we'll have a look at the Epsom and Metrop Day with Dan O'Sullivan. He's on Media Street. He's taken over DK's gigs on racing.com. But uh, firstly, we'll look at uh, the Turnbull Stakes program, and we'll kick off. You love getting into race one, Nico. and uh, two-year-olds. Di- digging into the two-year-olds. You love them, mate. You love Very them. hard I just, to, I just get, I see this. If I saw this race in the bush, I'd just go. Pen. Pen. <laughs> Leave it to Nico and these other troll, 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 troll good judges. I find if you do the work, you can always find something in the two-year-old race. I love it, and that's why you should subscribe to Nico's Mounting Yard stuff, and he's a big uh, jump-out man, and uh, we'll get into that. But let's have a look at the market for the uh, the Maribyrnong trial stakes. It's, uh, it's just another layer. As soon as you see this race pop up, you know uh, spring's getting even deeper and more serious, which is uh, what I love. Robusto is a favourite here, first starter from the Wally Yard, and Preble, who's on fire, $3.40 here. Cavallo uh, Rampant is $3.50. Getting the Spirit, $6.50. Uh, Rampant Lion, Rampant Lion, $6.50. Uh, Black Tahitian is $7.50. Lascars is $13. Cannonball, $18. Doc O'Connor, $31. And you can get much, much better the rest. This market, when it first would have gone up, would have been one analyst doing his best, watching the jump out videos, just throwing something up. I mean, I can see why Nico... Can, can appeals like to, to people who've got good 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 eyes on this sort of stuff. So mm. one joke, the way the bookies do it, just copy and paste, throw a set of prices up, let blokes like Nico and other good judges knock, Smash them, it knock them in the line. So, yep. um, but this is a market where no one's got any data and it's just something that's thrown up. So I'm pretty sure Nico probably found a hole in it somewhere, Nico. Robust, we're going to have a look yep. at uh, Robutso, the jump out here. And uh, we'll see him work up the Flemington straight. Yeah, it's a bit hard to see, but he's the horse that's sort of second last, second widest there in the pink. You'll sort of see later in the jump out. This is a pretty good sort of uh, hit out from this horse. He had a jump out prior to this down the straight where he sort of sat on speed and was good late. This jump out, he sat off them and really shown, I think, a really good turn of foot here late. He's very professional, this colt. Um, just look at the way he hits the line here. Craig he's was got on. the jockey cam on. You can, yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was Craig. So... Maybe we can get a hold of that vision. Craig's yeah. suspended, so I, he would have rode this horse oh, if right. he was yeah, sort he of here. This is the most important part of this piece of work. Look at him through the line, um, just powering away from the other horses inside of him. He's doing it effortlessly there. I think this is a pretty smart colt. Well, for what he's shown, he's had two jump outs down the straight, which is a huge tick mm, considering he's edge. racing down the straight. He's on the outside of horses there. He's going to be on the outside of horses here from barrier number seven. Um, I marked him a pretty clear favourite. I marked him sort of $3.50 before I saw any of the prices up. Um, I think he went up around three eighty. He's been sort of put into line a bit. So I think he'll be hard to beat. Um, he's definitely the horse I'm looking for from a yard point of view. And if he parades well, he's probably a horse I'm looking to have a bit of a crack at there on Saturday. Everything I've seen from him just suggests he's here to run a big race on debut from a a new season sire as well by Churchill, who we haven't really seen a whole lot of, but uh, he was a pretty good horse overseas. So interested to see what kind of type-wise he is. I did go back and look at all the sort of horses in this race that have been to the yearling sales, and the one that sort of appealed to me the most was number one, Black Tahitian. We'll have a look at his jump out first, and we might have a look at a bit of a yearling vision of him as well. He's from the Adrian Bot Gay Waterhouse Day. We go straight to the front here. Geordie Child's aboard. We know what a lethal combination that's been in the last uh, few days with mm. the Bayers getting the mm. job done and then Queen of Dubai. This is a very professional piece of work as well. He just quickens up nicely when asked for an effort. He'll probably lead this field. He'll find the rail from barrier number two, which is a huge advantage in two-odd races. I thought he did that pretty effortlessly there. Um, and sort of looking at him, this is him as a yearling. So he's really well-built as a yearling, good shoulder, good hind quarter on him, big um, lengthy girth on him, which suggests he might have a bit of an engine. 
just a real nice flowing walk. Everything about him just suggests he's a get up and run two year old. The Mary's out of Pearl, Pearl Congenial, um, running the debutante stakes. She won a place there. She won a place in the Mooney Valley race on Cox Plate Day. You look through that whole sort of pedigree, it's a get up and run sort of two year old um, pedigree. pedigree. Look at him as a yearling. Like he just looks like an absolute ready mate two year old. He looks like he could have gone to the races at this stage. Mm. And this was sort of back in April, I'm pretty sure. So. I just loved everything I saw from him. I thought he was easily the best type of all the horses that I got to see on the yearling sort of videos. Paid 200000 for him. I was surprised they got him that cheap, to be honest, given the pedigree he had and sort of just the way he moves. I thought there was no faulting him from that point of view. Um, and I'm probably looking to probably save on him. I think getting the spirits definitely got a chance from the price Kent Yard. Cavallo Rampant. Went up very short. Most recent jump out was at Soundown over 650 metres. Hit the line pretty strong there. Jump out before was keeping her short in the market. She finished second to Cool and Gatter, who's a $1.80 favourite in the Gym Crack Stakes. So that's what's keeping her short. I marked her $7. So I was kind of happy enough to be against her here. I think Robusto is the most professional. I think Black Tahitian may be the most forward of the lot of these. And I think you'll find the rail. So I'm happy to sort of back both of those and then wait for the yard and maybe potentially uh, launch at one of them, hopefully. Yeah, I was just back to that video of the yearling and, and whatnot, um, what Nico saw there. I, I spoke on racing.com about biggest changes in the last landscape and being the, fl- the information we can mm. access, you know, and I was more like this video replays and the sectional times, but that sort of stuff. Now, if you if you Google the, the, the horse, you can find some. I, I did it with those two first starters yesterday, the Frankel horse yep. of um, Yulongs and the, the winner, the roll the dice horse. Mm. And then there was a story behind that roll the dice winner, you know, and it was sourced by John Foote, who's their really good judge mm-hmm. who works for them. Yeah. The horse hurt itself, got withdrawn from the sales. He went and chased it and said, we need to do a deal. I really want to buy this horse and stuff like that. And they paid 150 grand for it or something, which is a good price for them to pay. And, you know, you find, you, just, you, find all this, you can find all this information, the information, and then the jump outs, of course, are just now part of the racing.com form guide. The information we've got now is just, just no excuses, <laughs> really. Yeah, I sort of went looking at them um, sort of this year because – Obviously, can't be on track on Saturday. So if I was on track, I'd get to look at these horses yeah. for, you know, sort of 10 minutes. I could probably focus on Robusto, look at him for two minutes, say, all right, is he absolutely sweet here? Whereas off the TV, you get about 30 seconds. So you've got yeah. to make up your mind. So it's good just to have an idea of what these horses probably- Especially you as a looker, yeah. Where they should be at off yeah. that sort of yearling vision. Didn't get to see Robusto or the Godolphin horses because they're homebreds. But yeah. I think yes, Black Tahitian, sure. if he parades like that on race day, just nice flowing walk and all those kinds of things. I was dragged along to many a yearling sale as a- as a young fella from my old man right. and learnt a lot there. So um Yeah, I bet. And I sent the video to him and he said that's an yeah, all right, I've got, sort of type. There's I just had a look at the field, about four or five of them have got pre race earmuffs on, and about four or five of them have got a lugging bit on. Now we know pre race earmuffs is just keep them calm in a mounting yard and whatnot. Why is the lugging bit do you know much about that, Nico? Why would that be I know it's like Godolphin put it on every one mm. of their horses, a lot of other trainers. Is it just to help with the steering or the you know or yeah, probably help with the steering. Um, just a bit more control for the jockeys yeah. potentially. Yeah, got often have it on both of theirs. Rampant Lions got it on. Robusto's got it on. The lugging bit. Um, yeah. And then you look at a stable like Gay. He has no gear on. No gear. Yeah. One black t-shirt. No yeah. blinkers. No earmuffs pre-race. Nothing like that. So they obviously think he's a very professional colt, which, that, which is good. That's a good sign. And I just again, Craig. I think Gay loves Craig. Craig's a lot of you know he rides a lot of their horses when uh, they're on. For him to be on that and the jump out. I'd say that's a very good lead for the talent of that horse. Outstanding stuff. I can't add much there. It's a bit in depth, wasn't it? But hopefully we find the winner. Yeah, there you go. Well, hopefully then the punters get something out of it as well. A bit, a bit of a, you know, because a good good learning curve. 
two-bet play there. Okay, let's have a look at uh, the uh, the main event, the Turnbull Stakes. This is an absolute belter odds courtesy of Top the Aussie, This is the Aussie Kahir Stakes. I'll tell you what, this he is... He owns the three favourites. Un- unbelievable, <laughs> so isn't it? Bray. Oh, Bray's in the, or him and Bray together, probably two squillionaires. So that's uh, very elegant, Incentivise and Sir Dragon, eh? But uh, very elegant is the favourite here. i tell you what, this is going to be uh, some robot and some uh, big wars, the big players. Who are they going to make favourite here? Very elegant, the early favourite, according to the bookies, 235 out to 245 at Top Sport. Incentivise, 245 to 260. Colette, 850. Sir Dragon, eh, who looks back? $9, per and $18 in from 21. Absolutely uh, belter last start. Young Werther, 31. Explosive Jack, 34. Mount Popper, 41. Chapata, 101. And Johnny Get Angry, 151. So there's a couple of horses on the uh, the Cups trails here. Let's uh, let's have a look at Very Elegance uh, replay first. Uh, and that's Roy Deeney out in front. This is all at uh, wait for age level. You've got Think It Over in the orange and then Very Elegant. She uh, darts back to the fence here and does pretty good work through the line. And you can see another one of the Chris Waller horses here in the green. Hungry Heart is hitting the line strongly. I know Case likes it. Uh, looking at the Epsom, you've got Star of the Seas boxing on Cascadian, but uh, she really starts to motor late, Very Elegant, and then pretty workmanlike uh, victory there. You you said she was uh, gone, and she she may still be below her best. Yeah, I don't Nicker. know if she's exactly at... You know the top of her powers. Yeah. She's uh, getting older now. Um, I think she's going to have to be near her best to be incentivised. But off that win, you would say the two thousand meters is going to be very suited. She came off a bit of a long way out there. That was over sixteen hundred. It's been a prep they followed before. She won this race last year. There's a potential of rain on the day and sort of in the in the uh, build up to the meeting as well, which is probably only going to suit her. Um, she'd get back to the fence there, which was the place to be. Getting over Riadini, um, he is favourite to win the Epsom, I suppose. That is kind of the handicap mm. sort of form. Uh, she's hard to knock. She's very hard to knock, but she's coming up against a proper horse here in Incentivise. Mm. Who let's have a look at his little replay. He's going to lead. We said this before. He's, he was on the canvas, and then he just found a way to uh, to lift. He got Moanga, which ties into the very elegant form. Uh, Colette back in the blue, explosive Jack in the white. Johnny get angry. Uh, they're the horses yeah, building. Dragon A coming down the middle. So this is probably the key mm. form reference for this race. Now, incentivized went out sort of only two and a half lengths above here to the 600-meter mark. So that's very slow for this well, we, class. We spoke about that, and Preble did that for a reason because he was first up and trying to look after the horse. He wanted to be strong late, which he was here. It was a very well sort of um, thought-out ride. You look back to his run prior in the Tattersall's Cut where he absolutely bolted, and he went out 11 lengths that's above. That's right. So I'm thinking he's somewhere in the middle ground here, and he probably goes, you know, five or seven lengths above. So we're out for, you know, probably five lengths faster than what he did there, which is going to, I think, only suit him. That faster race shape is only going to suit a horse like him. He does look like he just finds control here. This would be a very tactical race. Preble will probably just own the front and ride his own race. Damien Lane on very elegant. I think it's the first time he's riding her as well. He can't get too far off him. He can't be given incentivized five lengths at the 400 and expect to run him down. And um, she's not the easiest horse to ride, is she? She, she, she does have her quirks. quirks yeah. She's got better now. So I'd be thinking Damien Lane's like one out, one back, and coming into the straight, he'll be he'll be looking to be within sort of two lengths at the 200-meter mark. Well, I she, think loves, she loves a dog fight. He'd want, she'd want to be level. Again. Yeah. Mm. So I think incentivize, like we saw there, he's probably not prone to sort of giving in, is he? He got headed there mm. and kicked back and beat them all. So he seems like a real fighter as well. This is going to be a great race. This is the race of the spring so far. Um, I can't wait to it's watch it. It's always a great race. Too. I couldn't find, a good race. An, couldn't find an angle to sort of bet into it. I think one of them probably wins. I think you're mad if you're trying mm. to back anything to beat them. Um, it's the map will kill Sir Dragon. He's drawn the outside. He's, he looks like he's going to be too far back. Yeah. Colette, just I don't think she's good enough. 
Second up syndrome, do you think it's a thing? A lot of people talk about it. It's a bit of a muggish thing. Horses don't fight. A lot of people... Just depends on the run they had first up. Mm. They had a gut buster first up. They might be flat second up, but um, he got looked after first up that also. I can't see him. Any problems with him? No, I I don't. I I, I like backing horses after I've seen them have a run, and yet it's only if they've had a gut buster, really. The only thing I would say if you're looking to get real involved in this race is it's not grand final day for either of them. Incentivised grand final is probably the Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup. Very elegant grand final is a Cox Plate. So if there are still going to be some little vulnerabilities here, it's going to be in a race like this. Um, so if you're really looking to bet up on one or the other, um, that could sort of bring it on done. They're probably only both like 90%, I'd imagine, um, which wouldn't, you know, the price range where both of them are at, $2.30 and $2.80. It's a price range you nearly want everything to be right. So I couldn't find an angle from a betting point of view, but... Um, I'll be very happy just sitting and watching this race and uh, taking it in as a, a racing fan. Mm-hmm. There was a little uh, horse uh, in the light pink colours in that replay, K Nautique, the Japanese horse that goes to the Hill Stakes, I think, at, uh, at Sydney. So I might have to go through that replay just once more and uh, it see. Strong, it was a nice and strong lane. Yeah, it was strong through the line. He missed the start. I don't know why he was yeah. last. Well, I just have to go back too. and have a look at that replay so. again. But he might be a bet at 5.50 in a, an easier race in the Hill Stakes. Mm. So that would be my only takeaway from uh, having a look at that one. But uh, as I said before, if, uh, if you want Nico's late thoughts uh, for $11 a meeting, it's, uh, it's great value. He's uh, He's got his eye completely in, despite a little whoopsie at uh, Mooney Valley last Friday night. He's uh, He's been on fire a couple of winners midweek, and I'm sure he'll uh, be all over it at Flemington. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll uh, find some winners with uh, Beat the Bagman, Shane Adair at Morfordville. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got DK and Nico in studio, but now it's time to talk Adelaide racing with our man, Beat the Bagman. G'day, guys. Nice to be back on uh, Bet Doctor. It's been a little while. We've had a uh, bit of a freshen up, parading well. There's been good market support for my selection, so uh, we're expecting <laughs> big things on the weekend, Scoot. They're still racing in Adelaide. It uh, takes a back seat to Sydney and Melbourne. It's uh, a bit, bit sad, isn't it? Yeah, we have uh, have a little bit of, a, I guess, an early spring with a few lead-up races. You've, obviously, you've seen Behemoth and Borossa over the border. But, um, look, I think that SA form, ever it comes to Victoria, I always say in the back of my mind, it's a long way to go to lose. So uh, we've, we've done well so far this spring. I think there'll be probably a few more riches heading our way before the uh, spring's out. Mm, my horse, uh, Dallasan, is a massive, massive chance in the Epsom this weekend. He was he was huge in the, uh, the Rupert, no, the last start, and the Rupert Clark is in a bumping duel out the back with Elm Thunderstruck. So uh, Dallasan, I think he's... Where did a, you find him up there in the Doncaster, wasn't it? Yeah. Because... He ran a place. He ran a place. So yeah, still, it was still, still all right. Fine. He oh, ran, yeah, he so ran really well. Gets J-Mac, doesn't he? He gets J-Mac. J-Mac. So he's a big chance. J-Mac so I think replaces he, Stubby. Yeah. Mm. Outstanding. Go, gets a nice little uh, tune-up. So I think at uh, double-figure odds, he's definitely worth a bet. So, yeah, the Adelaide form is the Mickey Mouse. And, uh, but G-tra, G-tra. What about it? It goes all right. Giant killer. He was lucky not to get you. You've got that gap. He nearly would have beaten the other two, I reckon. 100%. Yeah, it's a good horse. Is that, is right. that the race? You, you, know, you want the Everest as well? We'll take them all, mate. We'll take them all. That's right. Um, as you said, long way to go to lose. Dallison uh, has proven that he can go the Sydney way of going. J Mac going on for Stubby Holder probably loses a length there, I'd say. But uh, <laughs> you know, look, we all can't be Stubby. But uh, look, it, it'll be a big chance. It's probably worth a flutter at uh, double odds. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'll be having something on for sure. All right, let's have a look at uh, race seven. Let's find you guys a winner in Morfittville on the weekend. It's a 1,400-meter race, the Junction Handicap, and Retrato is the favorite, $3.40. Street Tough, a horse we bought before, $4.40 into $4. Magnetic Edge, $6. Lord Vadavostok, we know this horse very well. It's first up here with 62 kilos, $6.50. Don't Dream, it's over, $9.50. Regalo di Gatano is $12. Debt Collector, $21. Highly Decorated, $21. Tubby Two Tracks, $21. 21, uh, Mr. Marathon Man, 31, and Bramfield, 41. That rounds out the field. And uh, we're going to have a look at uh, Street Tough last start. This is a horse that uh, Bagman likes. This is coming out of the uh, the Wiley Handicap. Pretty strong race. Kemmel Parsa is uh, coming over here, I think. Yeah, Kemmel Parsa was leading him up this day. And the white R's is back there with the white sleeves and green chest starting to weave a bit of a passage through. Worth noting, it was heavily back this day after a six-week layoff. You go back through Street Tough's form. You obviously, you got this run behind Kemmel Parsa and Free of Debt, which uh, have measured up at group class. Go back three runs. There's a second there to Sierra Sioux, which is now Group 1 winning form. We can put a pen through, I think, that Flemington run in between. Look, I, there isn't a lot in the race once you go through it. Lord Vladivostok tends to race better second up. I would think that's probably on a Murray Bridge Cup path in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Regalo di Gatano is probably better further in trip and second, third up. Retrato was poor in the Balaclava Cup. Um, it's best can be in the finish, but I think is well under the odds and highly decorated may bring it undone because it won't be able to lead and dictate. So that's where we've landed. Street tough. Todd Panel, Will Clark, and as DK says, I come on here and tip Will Clark and his runners every time I'm on here, so let's find another one. Loves him. Mm. Loves him. And I think this horse uh, ran really well in Mildura, over 1,400 mm. metres, street tough. Yeah, and it was heavily fancy. Everyone was tipping it that day. Yeah. I think, yeah, everyone was, was spruiking it. Just, uh, just it seems like it just. I mean, he brought it back to ran down the Flemington Straight with the blinkers, and then he obviously might have had an issue. Then he's, he freshened it up into that race the other day. So, just thought, yeah, no, he's, he's due. This horse, he's yeah, definitely due. This is he's this due, looks a just, perfect just, race for it. Yeah, he just gets back a bit, but um, yeah, no, he's uh, he was, as I said, it's it's the it's the good thing is Bagman knows the opposition really well. We know he knows Lord Vladivostok. Retrato's very well exposed. He's had a heap of starts, so Bagman knows these horses well and. Um, yeah, and, and we know Street Tough, so you're back out to 1,400 with a go. Yeah, mm. Retra- I backed Retrato last start and thought he was a bit disappointing. I thought Lord Vladivostok trial pretty good, just was a bit hidden sort of back in the field there. I was actually going to back him last week in the Testarossa when he was going to come to Melbourne, but he's got scratched there, so maybe a, a little sort of setback, and he only had sort of 54 there. Now he's got to carry 62. 62, no claim. So, yeah, that's that doesn't help him, does it? I, I, yeah, I, I like the idea of uh, this horse jumping back up to 1,400 metres. looks... Pretty good in a much uh, weaker race, and that's uh, this is Bagman's go. He can find a horse dropping back in grade, and uh, just gives him a uh, a short back and sides. He absolutely flogs him. Uh, let's have a look. I think it's a great bet at four dollars. I'll be taking the price for sure. Let's have a look at race nine, the Team Grand Syndicate handicap over twelve fifty here in Castle of Kings. Another one of our horses, three dollars fifty here. Redeal <laughs> is four sixty. Zia Vera is six fifty. Mayan seven dollars. Echo Boomer. Nine dollars, so you can ten dollars. Rock Harbor thirteen, Ocean Ward sixteen, uh, Perfect Command twenty six, and you get much better. The rest of the, we're going to have a look at. Uh, so you can last start, second up in the pink. Yeah, this was this was poor, really. Um, looking at it, its uh, form going into the race was quite strong. It was well supported in markets, and it, as you said, it loomed up here on the outside. Didn't offer a lot in the run. Um, 
if you're willing to go past this effort and go on its previous starts, it should be well in the market, and the market's really forgotten about it at that double-figure price. It SP'd a lot shorter than Mayan, who you see running second in this event from the Tony McAvoy yard. It brings very strong form at the Parks track, which is a big tick for that. And more importantly, Jason Holder has stayed on this uh, mount. Jason Holder is absolutely riding everything to victory at the moment. He's leading the premiership here and made every post a winner. So maybe that uh, J-Mac on Dallas and is actually losing a length or two. So um, <laughs> I thought if we are in a little bit of trouble coming to the last, so you can at an each way price is worth a spec around that $10 and $3 a place. Its best form is definitely good enough to be winning this. Castle of Kings, back well, in trip. Well, I watched, when, I saw, when, I saw, when I saw Bagman was tipping into this race and he's obviously... Will Clark and, and Top Panel's got the favourites, otherwise he's looking around it. But it just reeks of setback. Reeks mm. of setback, doesn't it, Bagman? I mean, it would win by five lengths over 1,500. Then it was accepted to run at 1,600 on the 18th. And now it's back. It didn't run. And now it's had 31 days between runs back to back in, back in trip. Like, it just reeks of setback to me. Yeah, sorry. It was... Um a real heavy leader bias track that day at Gawler as well. I mean, it, it found the, the perfect position. It was the opposition. I probably could have beaten a couple of them home and snuck a place. <laughs> it, uh, it was a low race. He did win well. He did get the conditions to suit. But um, as you said, there's been a few hiccups along the way. $3.50, it's not worth uh, a bet at that price. No, and Redial, Redial might not even go there. Redial's in at Mooney Valley drawn well. And Mayen, as you said, Mayen, he had the very strong SP over last start. So I can see why if you, we have, we, if you need to be a forgiving bunch. Um, I mean, they saw it with Slick Back Teddy yesterday. Yeah. Got to be forgiving. Everyone tuned in at Bending Arm. A lot of people dropped off yesterday and he got the money, but um, there were circumstances. Gave myself a complete uppercut for betting in a 2500 meter maiden at Bendigo. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, carbon copy race the week after and it bolts him. <laughs> so, um, yes, you, one, of the, one of the attributes is you've got to be forgiving. So. Uh, but you, you can trust the SPs there, and be, I think a market will tell a story. It'll be ten out to sixteen. You don't want to be on it, but if it's ten solid or ten into eight, absolutely. Mm. Nice little saver. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I was a bit disappointed. Uh, I was on this horse last time. I think Bagman, you might have tipped it uh, last time, and it was uh, yeah. A we just, just just keep oh, that actually, to yourself, Skeeter. Right? We don't we don't need to be ruined my reputation on here on air. <laughs> I think you declared yeah, it was, in it one was of our very chat poor. We're chasing, mate. We're chasing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Well, I think it's a horse who races a bit keen, and I mm. think it's up to his breathing and things like that. And just in that that race there, he might have just got got trucking a bit too much, and it sapped his finish. So it can be a bit tricky. But um, if he puts it together, the SPs show you he's he's he, he should have been better. better yeah, he there. should get a soft run. Like if he can get the last crack at him, sort of suck run, peel, produce a gap, and then go bang. That sort of seems he's going life. Not mm. think about it too much. Mm. All right. So uh, Street Tough's the best on the program, and the best value bet is so you can. Any final thoughts, Bagman, or just uh, happy? Uh, it looks a bit dark over there in, in hiding it on the generator. Yes. <laughs> it, uh, the rain is pouring at the moment. We're currently rated a good four, apparently, according to the Riser website. It will be in the slow range come Saturday with shower activity for most of the uh, week coming up. So um, I think we'll be looking for a horse that don't mind a little bit of toe in the ground, and hopefully they're making up a little bit of ground, and Street Tough will get home for us, and uh, we can uh, feed the kids on Saturday night. Mm, 15 mil uh, expected to hit today so everyone was thinking that weather's going to hit yesterday and it was a little over bit over there no in melbourne how, how, so how, how, how good's more, the bomb? How, more is coming how good's the bomb going like please a day late they're just a day late <laughs> it was supposed to be a heavy tracker along it was a firm two it's supposed to be a bog at maui and it hasn't come oh, anyway 
right. So the weather's coming. It's in Adelaide now, and uh, by uh, late Thursday, it uh, should be hitting Melbourne, and then a couple of uh, wet days. So Flemington may will be good for it. Flemington it always is. Who are we kidding? But uh, could be a little bit sloppy over in Adelaide. Thanks, Bagman. Good luck on the weekend. Cheers, guys. Speak soon. All right. If uh, you're doing your form this weekend, make sure you check out punningform.com.au. All us three boys in the studio use it. It's been a game changer for us. And you can store uh, all your database notes, black book, and uh, look at all the sectional times and benchmarks. If you're going to take the next step to becoming a uh, pro or semi-pro punter, definitely punningform.com.au. They are the way forward. All right. Uh, it's uh, Group 1 uh, Metrop and Epsom Day up at Randwick. It's going to be an absolute belter. And uh, Dan O'Sullivan. He's been on Media Street into the racing.com uh, mix there. So uh, he's been on fire lately for us as well. So uh, he's going to uh, join us after the break to sort Randwick. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. You've got Scoot, DK, and Nico in studio. Now it's time to talk Randwick with Daniel O'Sullivan from the Ratings Bureau. How are you, Dan? Hey, guys. Really good. Thanks. Mate, you've been on fire, you've been everywhere on racing.com. You're a busy man. We couldn't get you last week, but uh, here you are to save the day. But uh, let's have a quick look at uh, the Premier Stakes. It, uh, it's a cracking card. There's a fair bit of uh, racing stuff to get through here, but uh, race six is the first one. We've got odds courtesy of Top Sport, the Premier Stakes. We've got Mass Crusader, $2.90 horse we know lots about. Rothfire, three eighty. dollars Lost and running, $6.00. Splintex, $7.00. Uh, you've tipped that up on the show before. Jonker, eight fifty. Standout, $18.00. And uh, 26 Embracer and better the rest. I guess the, uh, the burning question on everyone's lips, is Rothfire back off what you saw first? up last time? Um, I thought it was a super stuff off such a long break. Um, he doesn't like it soft, so I think that adds merit to his run last start. Um, but potentially we're going to get similar conditions again on Saturday. I think it's a pretty low pretty low race in terms of form. Obviously, there's a stack of talented horses, but outside of Splintex, every other horse is coming into the race off a you know, pretty ordinary run relative to their sort of normal normal standards. Um, even Rothfire, I mean, he was lengths below his best. And as I said, there's a query about him on, on soft ground. Um, so I'm not sure I can really find a, a bet in the race, to be honest. Um, we've got, you know, Mars Crusader, Lost and Running, both Everest hopefuls that, that went pretty plain um, at their last run. So, yeah, I'm really not sure where to look in this race. Mm. It's an interesting one because Rothfire was pretty revved up. I, I'm not convinced. I'd say, I want to see him once more time again. Mm. I was I was in love with the trial going in, and I I wasn't surprised to see him drift. I think he opened five dollars last night. You got out to like eleven or thirteen slate. I think so. This is probably a better setup for him. But like Dan said, the track. Um, Mars Crusader has been on the drift early. He's been sort of two sixty out to two ninety as well. I think he's the best horse in the race, but. I think he's going to be better suited to an Everest if when they go along at a real strong sort of early tempo and he can just show probably his sustained uh, turn of foot and that's the grand final. What do you make of his last start run, Dan? Um, I know we had Mark Lamborn on the show sort of that week and he was saying that maybe Master Crusader's you know, lack of early speed suggests he's maybe not up to a few of these horses. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the universal racing is that as you go up in grade, it's much harder to come from the back and win. Um, when you're racing against horses, you're just better than you can get away with it more and more. Um, so in the case of Mars Crusader, he's just lost this early speed. He just can't jump and find a position. And and when you're racing against the very top horses, I mean, it's near physically impossible to give them six, seven lengths and, and run home in the sectionals needed to get over the top of them. I mean, 
people were waxing lyrical about his win first start, but he's running down horses like Amish Boy and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, I mean, he ran outstanding sectionals to do that. Um, but when you're racing against the top level, the horses in front of him from that position are running home, you know, three lengths faster. Um, so my position on him is I do think he's talented enough to win a race like an Everest if he can find himself within three or no more than four lengths back sort of at the 600. He's going to be five, six lengths back. Oh, I really don't think he, he's got any chance unless all of those in front of him are sort of falling over. Um so I think first up was a bit of a forgive. He was back and wide in, in the worst lanes and he was still entitled to do more, but you couldn't write him off on that performance. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this this race going up to 1,200 is going to tell us a lot more about where he's at. Um, as I said, some of the form's pretty questionable. Um, so if he's going any good, oh, I really think he should be getting home over the top of them, um, especially if the track is wet, which, as we said, is a big query for, for Rothfire. Spot on horses staying at those sprint trips. Uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Different kettle of fish if uh, they're going up in trip. Let's have a look at uh, a lot of horses here going to 1600 for the first time and uh, up in trip in the flight stakes. And Star Tantes is a horse that got a fair way out of its ground in the Golden Rose last time. $4 favourite here. Four moves ahead from John Sargent's yard here. 460. Mallory, 550. Swift Witness, $8. I think the Merlihans have got a share in that one. She's all class $10. Fangirl 15, Stray 21, and you can get much better the rest. Let's have a look at a couple of replays, and I'll get Dan to uh, talk through them. But uh, Star Tantes, we've already spoken about how uh, strongly the race rated, given how fast they went. Um, she was really good coming from the back. I mean, anyone that looks exceptional data will see that. I think it figures with the second best in the race behind Artorias. Um, she came with pretty good Queensland form, nowhere near up to the level of that Golden Rose, but she's gone ahead again and, and improved. Um, look, but that's clearly the even though she was beaten away in that race, it's still on my figures comes out. It's clearly the best form of the of the fillies going into that race. Um, you certainly couldn't potter it at the mile. Um, it's just a little question where she's going to get to on the map. It's a big field. She's sort of drawn middle of the line type of thing, and and she does lack a bit of early speed, and they like to ride her conservatively. Um, so, yeah, from my perspective, probably not a horse I'm going to back, um, but I think she's clearly the horse to beat off, off what we saw last week. Let's have a look at uh, the T-Rose and horses coming through a four moves ahead, Mallory and Swift Witness, and talk us through this one. Swift Witness out in front, you've got uh, four moves ahead on its back. Yeah, this is the main Phillies lead up, obviously. Um, four moves ahead was ridden further forward, had the right map to, to sort of press forward and find that spot. Thought she did the job pretty well. Um, you know, you can see the three in front there had a clearly better turn of foot than those than those chasing, um, which is always a, an appealing trait. Um, so, yeah, she was quite strong late there, four moves ahead. I mean, she looks cast on the barrier again. Um, it's, it's potentially similar to last night. She may be able to get over okay, but it's always some sort of risk factor. But, yeah, I think she's definitely one of the leading contenders and and probably a horse I could back in the race just because of where she where she will be on the map and I trust that the market you know provides you sort of compensation for, for those wide barriers. I thought Mallory was good in that race like through the line. She she didn't really have clear completely clear running at the right time. She she probably still had a chance, but I just thought, you know, 30, 40, 50 metres past the post, she was doing some really good work. So she's one that might um, appreciate the mile and maps well. Um, they're probably the only two I could really have out of that race. I mean, you know, sectional watchers will be sort of looking at Von Trapp and how it was hitting the line, but 
from that draw, it's just going to be a mile back in the field, and I just can't see how how it's any value in the race. Um, the best long shot for me is Hinged, uh, Chris Waller Horse, uh, purchased uh, from Queensland, came down, um, was off like a 49-day break or something and got cast wide in uh, last start, really just had no chance. But up to a mile here, previous run at Dermot over a mile, she dominated from the front, um, was really strong and a figure that's quite competitive in this race. Uh, and just on this map, I think she's going to find a position somewhere up near the lead again. Uh, and if she can bounce back to anything like what she ran over a two-year-old as a two-year-old late in the season in Brisbane, then I think she can be really competitive in the race. And she's around twenty-six dollars or something like that. So um, she's probably, or no doubt, the best long shot in the race for me. Uh, I haven't quite worked out my own betting plan yet, but I'll definitely be having something on her and, and looking closely at Mallory and four moves ahead. Mm, this is a tricky one for me. Any thoughts, Nico? Oh, these fillies are so even. Like Swiftness, Mallory, and four moves ahead were all very good two-year-olds. Usually, like, there's a sort of standout three-year-old filly that sort of progresses and mm. goes past horses like them, and they're still sort of right there. She's old class was probably the horse that was going to do that, but she was disappointing last start. She was okay first up. Star Tontes is probably, the like, the DF coming through, like, the um, boys Queensland form. form and then the boys Golden Rose. If she can run a mile and doesn't get too far back, she's probably the horse to beat. would rather have seen more of a an A-grade jockey on. Um, I think it's a race where it could just throw up anything. There's a lot of these horses that have come out of uh, races that haven't been run to suit them, races where there's been patterns against a few. I've got a bit of time for this filly down the bottom, left reeling. She hasn't won a maiden yet, but she can run home in some big closing splits, finish second a yearning, who wasn't far off from in the Furious. Um, I reckon this will come down to who gets the right run in the race, who gets the luck, and it could just throw up a big result. Mm. Yeah, no real opinion here, but uh, I can uh, can see the angle coming through the Golden Rose. I think that's the obvious uh, form line that I'd be following. All right, let's have a look at uh, the big one, the uh, the big handicap, the uh, the Epsom over sixteen hundred meters, and Roy Deeney gets the big weight drop here uh, with the very elegant form. It's five dollars with Rachel King aboard. Still, uh, Moanga uh, horse DK loves seven fifty into six fifty. It's got the top weight, Hungry Heart seven fifty, Private Eye eight dollars. A horse that uh, gets another nice weight drop that uh, Dan specked a few weeks ago. So a few of you guys at home, maybe on uh, Private Eye at uh, bigger pre-post odds. If you uh, if you've been listening and following the show, Ice Bath ten dollars, Arameo twelve dollars, a tissue seventeen, Dallasan my horse eighteen dollars, Cascadia nineteen. Well, he's ballooned out to a big, big price. Uh, Skylab, $19, and Harmony Rose, 20 and you can get much better the rest. Let's have a quick look at uh, Roy Deeney. We've, uh, we've already seen it before with the yeah, very elegant, but uh, there's a couple of runners here. Talk us through it, uh, Dan. Yeah, I'm just going to wait for age. Just run down in, in the final stages. I mean, he profiles perfectly for like a mile group one handicap winner um, with competitive weight for age form, you know, dropping massively in weight. Um, he is the top type of horse I tend to find, you know, a good front runner. So I, I will be, I will be on him. Um, the little query is probably in those two races. He did find the front pretty easy, and he was able to break free on the lead there and, and not really have any serious competition. Um, he was able to really sort of put the acid to those behind him, sort of between the eight and the and the four or the three hundred, and and then as we saw, he was sort of stopping a bit late, but was still you know extremely good effort. Um, offsetting that is like the massive weight drop. So it really is like a, um, you know, trading off sort of one positive for, for perhaps another negative and, and things like that. And, and over time, I've learned not to 
not to question all that noise too much and, and you just sort of stick to the horses that profile well and as far as yeah, group one handicap winners do, he sort of fits right in the zone of, of stacks of horses I've backed over the years that, that have been quite successful in these types of races. So I'll be happy to, to have something on him. Um, I think he's clearly the horse to beat, um, but there's a couple of others not too far behind him. Mm. I thought uh, Barry 15 is just going to have to burn early and it'll be interesting to see how uh, the tactics play out in that one. But uh, she's got well, no got, option got in a one-trick pony. Got some competition for the front here, though, of Discharge mm. and Ashman and things mm. like the likes of that. So it'll be interesting uh, yeah. early. You'd think Discharge is going to just burn up the fence and then Ashman's drawn 17. So he's going to be probably outside him, looking across him at some stage mm. in the race or just annoying him if he can't cross him. So I, I was with Dan. I still marked him favourite given the sort of – all the things that are in his favour, I suppose the big weight drops, the huge tick here, but there is some things that could bring him undone. Um, I think he ran a big race in the Epsom last year at a big price, so he's obviously handled that sort of high pressure, and uh, Rachel King seems like she's got a good association with the horse. Uh, what'd you make of Mwanga coming out of the Maccabi Diva, Dan? MF, Melbourne Fall. <laughs> Put a line through that one. Oh, I'm doing it up. <laughs> Look, He's obviously a really promising horse, no longer. I love how he's come back this prep. Um, first up, yeah, he ran in, uh, just under his peak on my figures. He was first up at 1,400 and his peak came over 2,000 metres. So it was an enormously promising uh, sign for, for his return as a four-year-old. Um, he went better than that again uh, in the Maccabi Diva. It was really good there in a slow-run race. Um, so he's back bigger than better than ever. Um, I just don't like him at the top of the weights, to be honest. Um, we saw, uh, I mean, there's hundreds of examples we can use, but we saw more recently in the Rupert Clark that, you know, the handicap weights do play a big role there with horses like Probabil and Behemoth at the top of the weights that didn't have the figures to, to sort of beat the other ones, and that's the way the sort of race played out. And, and I kind of feel it's, it's a little bit similar here with Malunga. Um, I have him sort of in the pack among a group of horses that could win, so it's really just a question of value. In my market, I've got him around $9, so he certainly still figures among the, the top couple of chances, and I've got a huge amount of respect for his potential to, to still keep elevating. Um, but, yeah, where he's going to be in the run, and, and as I said, his general sort of profile makes it hard to, to see any value. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he won, but, but I have to bet around him. One uh, horse that Dan's identified as value is Dallas Hand, and we'll have a quick look at his Sir Rupert Clark run here, and he's way out the back with On Thunderstruck. Uh, you can see On Thunderstruck with the blinkers and the uh, the white blaze, and then Dallas Hand's on his outside, and just at the turn here, they just uh, go into a bit of a bumping duel, and uh, then he picks himself up and finishes off nicely, Dan. Yeah, he, he went well. He's only second up there. I mean, Dallas Hand could be, you know, probably the best $18, $20 chance this year so far in a metro race at least so and i think he sets up awesome for this race um it's last prep he came off a similar rating second up he exploded third up um just can't remember what that race was now uh i'll just try and Doncaster. here yeah Doncaster. So he yeah. exploded third figure that could win this race he was brilliant again in the queen elizabeth over 2004 up both of those were on soft tracks uh, sorry, the, the Doncaster was on a soft track. Um, he gets Jay McDonald here, best best rider we've got in the country at the moment, the, the best we've seen, you know, perhaps since since Dee Beedman, certainly in Sydney. Uh, most importantly, from that draw, sort of middle draw, there's not a huge amount of speed um, around him. 
James McDonald's a very proactive jockey, so I expect him to sort of send the horse forward and not be up near the lead, but I expect him to park, you know, three, no more than four lengths back off the speed. Uh, as, as we saw there, it was miles out the back. Oh, I really like that angle, finding horses that are going to settle further forward. Um, as I said, he, he came off a similar rating second up last prep, improved significantly uh, third up. Um, the map, everything, 1,600. He loves high-pressure races. He's got a number of performances in high-pressure races where he's run his better figures and, and he's shown he can run really fast overall time. I think he just ticks all the boxes here. I mean, we are making an assumption he's going to improve off that second-up run, um, but that's really the only sort of possible um, uncertainty or assumption for me. Everything else adds up to him being a potential winner of this race, and, and I think at you know, 18 dollars $19, $21, whatever you can get, uh, brilliant bet and, and i'll definitely be be into him for a good result mm. do i do i dare ask what price you've got him oh, i haven't finalized <laughs> the price I'm, I'm probably going to be around like the nine dollar mark something like that which you know certainly is nowhere near a certainty in any race mm. um but i really struggle to mark him any longer than that to be honest um given all the things considered um, just about every other horse in this race has one query or another over them as well. That's that's the nature of it. So um, I do think he's genuinely, you know, twice the price that he should be at the moment. Mm, another one that you were kicking up for uh, off air was Arameo. Yeah, I really like this horse. Uh, he's come back enormous um, this prep with with Chris Waller. Um, first up, he actually ran, everyone was raving about the Ramazaki and it was great. Um, but Aramayo's run home faster than him from the 800 in every split, I think it was. Um, last start, he was very good again. He was just caught in the wrong lanes in the track, um, got too far back, just caught in the wrong part of the track, still worked home in outstanding sectionals. Um, he's just flying this prep. He gets the massive weight drop from, from 58 down to 51 and a half. Uh, Alicia Collett, who I'm a huge rap for as a jockey, gets a big opportunity in a group one race. And similar to Dallas Sam, he's a horse that can map just a little bit closer. He's certainly not a horse that likes to be up there, but he's been getting, you know, a long way back from wide draws in, in recent times. And, and he gets a, a draw and a map structure here that could seem just settle a couple of lengths closer um, with no weight on his back with the sustained turn of foot that, that he showed in his first two runs this prep. Um, I think he's one that can be posing sort of an ominous threat as they, as they get to the 200 and, and he'll be there staking his claim. Outstanding stuff. Yeah, I think uh, you've hit the nail on the head, and uh, I read the race uh, pretty similar. And not yeah, I, as much as I love Moanga, I'll uh, I'll definitely be uh, swerving him. And uh, I think Roy, Roy Dini, if she can time it, uh, it can pinch it. But uh, love your angles there. All right, any other questions for Dan, or we'll let him off the hook. Well, what about uh, the great Quash in Melbourne? Incentivised, oh, yeah, very, very elegant. What, what way is he leaning there? Um, look, I'll personally. Way of incentivise. Um, I think that he just has that upside. I expect a much more assertive ride in, in this race. Uh, I think even the, the stable Brett Preble might have commented that you know they were trying to be sort of pretty kind to him to him first up, but he still sort of managed to win the race. This is his final lead up before the Caulfield Cup, so he's he's there to really do something here. He needs a strong hit out. Um, he needs to be be stamping his credentials for that race, and there's no better way to do it than than against the likes of Very Elegant and, and Sir Dragonay, who was also you know, excellent behind him. Um, of course, none of us would be surprised if, if Very Elegant got over the top of him and, and won. Um, but but I think just from a from a betting perspective, I think he's longer than her in the market at the moment. 
um, and just that untapped upside of, of what he could do off his first up performance. Um, had them very similar on their, their rating sort of going into the race. Uh, and I think that, yeah, he's, he's just perhaps got that little bit more upside. Um, and, yeah, hopefully see another big performance from him because, yeah, it's exciting to have horses like him and Zaki sort of bursting onto the scene to to challenge the, the established top horses and really add something to the carnival. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an awesome race. Outstanding stuff. All right, let's uh, hopefully it's a ding-dong battle and hopefully uh, my boy Dallas Ann can get the chocolates at big odds and uh, everyone better snap up the odds because if Dan's got around the $9 quote and uh, is saying it's one of the best roughies he's seen, the odds will be moving quickly. So uh, good luck to those who tuned in the show nice and early. Thanks, Dan. Outstanding uh, analysis uh, yet again. Cheers, guys. Best of luck. Well, that's uh, it for DNO. It's uh, it's a cracking – there's the Metrop as well, uh, handicap, right at the end of the uh, card there. Any uh, little thoughts there or a speculator for the Metrop? DK wouldn't have looked at it, but uh, any thoughts? DK's got a bit quiet in the old Sydney uh, segment, but – he laid Animo, so he's got his job done there. He's yeah, still he's, counting it. <laughs> he's still on top of the world after last week. Me and you were talking about attorney, sort of in the uh, the bet dropper yeah, group yeah, chat. Yeah, you talking there, about so. it. Yeah, they're more to draw. 20. That's yeah. right. So, but it's got J-Mac as well. Oh, it's got J-Mac. Yeah. That'll do. Form a miracle from there. Mm. It, look, yeah, it looks well, hard to be. Well, I'm Attorney, what did it do? Did it yeah, it did. Yeah. That's all you need to do, I reckon, to win a Metrop these yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a strong Metrop. I see Zarex being off the map, $34 into $11. Uh, she's ideal PR last time. Um, yeah, anyway, warning. He sort of peaks around this side. He could jump out of the ground at $26. So uh, you can uh, go value hunting, that is for sure. I do notice uh, we're about to do Mug's moral, and I see uh, his moral has been uh, has been scratched, Brookspire. So uh, he's on fire, though. He, uh, he tipped Ellsberg last, last start. Up and about the mark, Up and wasn't about. He? he just read it like a book, the, just punched the outside the leader and just kept going. Corn beef for dinner last beef. With, with all the veggies and everything last night. Oh, the mug. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, Mug, uh, I think he's going to uh, butter up with uh, Montefilia. So I think uh, Montefilia is his Metrop tip. So uh, we'll give the video a swerve this week for Mug, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, Brooks side scratch, so uh, he pushes on to Montefilia. But uh, look out for Twitter. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll give it a supplementary tip. All right, let's have a look at the top sport big bets here. And the first one we've got is at Flemington, race eight, number 13, Trialy. Rose, 1850 I'm a little bit surprised here. I, I think the horse, I don't know. I was I was sort of expecting a little bit more last time. Oh, uh, no. Nah, she was in the worst ground, I thought, there in the naturalism. She was probably one of the better runs of the race, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just been set for this race. This is the race they want to win again into the Melbourne Cup, but she drew barrier 20 as well. So I took $6 early in the week thinking she'd probably start closer to four, and now she's eight. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Nico, go. Nico, the barrier draw. Betty before barrier <laughs> draw. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you're up to that sort of oh, complete rubbery. It's just hey? it's backfired. <laughs> it <bit> me. <laughs> oh, it'd be interesting to see if she jumps out of ground. This is uh, her range, definitely twenty five hundred plus. All right, race nine, number one is Asar's. The next one, fifteen hundred at five dollars. Would you like that ticket? Oh, he's he's got to win a race. He's had a fair he's few a chances. Gunner, though, isn't he? he? Just he's turned it up a few times. His run on the River Clark was great, but he had fifty two kilos. Now he's got to carry, I think, fifty nine and a half. It's a much weaker race, but oh, if you had your last, you wouldn't want to be putting on an ASAR, that's for sure. I started a look at that race and uh, I got a headache. It was uh, just a bit of a raffle for me. Yeah. I didn't didn't want to play. Race eight, number seven is Ice Bath. Ice Bath, sorry. I've developed a list there, but uh, it looks a chance. Uh, hit the line really strongly. Drops in weight. So a thousand, 
Yeah, 1,010. So the weather better for him. And the other one that uh, we spoke about was uh, Zarek, and it's now into $11 a C. So the money just doesn't stop for this horse, race nine, number 20. So Zarek's probably more likely uh, going to Sydney based off the betting. It's been 34s in. Mm. DK, any any opinion? This horse, Zarek, do you know anything about it? No, no I don't know. No. Sorry, Scoot. Yeah, I, I sort of went looking for this horse, and I, I still wanted to be with Attorney um, mm. off sort of what I saw last time. I liked Attorney's platform. If it drew a barrier, mm. yeah, I, I like the fact that it looks, looks set to peak third up. Mm. Just going to need a, a miracle from the draw. But it has got J-Mac. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's it. I thought uh, Port Guillemi was a horse that uh, flashed uh, home late last start. I think uh, it might be on the uh, the right side of track to pick off uh, some sort of cup. I'm not sure what its level's at, but um, it was the horse that I didn't mind uh, looking at the Bart Cummings but at the price. Mm. Interesting to see what happens. In the race. Uh, yeah, fascinating. Fascinating race, the Bart Cummings. Shiraz comes over from overseas. If he gets a wet track, he's going to be very suited. So um, a lot of them trying to win their way into the Cup, but a few of them are already in, given mm. just the sort of nature of this year's Melbourne Cup and not Bit as many nominations and all those sort of things. So That, that derby lead-up's my most interesting race there. A lot of the horses Superimpose. I follow. Yep. Is it the Superimpose, Gunstock, Itotsu, the New Zealand horse? Mm. A lot of those up-and-comers I've been following through the maiden. So. Tudakaka. Yeah, so yeah. that's a very interesting race for me. A couple of good programs for you coming up. Motoa, that's always oh, well, a great yeah, race. Yeah, it just depends on – yeah, I, I love Motoa. I've had a bit of luck there. And um, Tatura Friday, it just depends on the rain. All the rain's ending up in the northeast. So, um, but Tatura doing the Bendigo, form Bendigo, Barnsdale, yes, Tuesday. Yes, 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 no excuses. No, so we'll be – DK uh, areas in Kiton on the Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I grew up, grew up on that track. Dad was president there. So, uh, uh, as many, many a race day as a young fellow spent at Kiton, my own devices in the bedding ring there and whatnot. So, yeah, no um, – I went on a streak for about five or six years where I didn't miss a Matoa Cup. We just always <laughs> end up having runners there on Turnbull Stakes Day. So I remember watching Moment of Change. Absolutely Moment of Change. Bolt in Linda, there. wasn't it Linda? I was sitting on the playground with my stepbrother and we just saw this thing about 25 links in front of every other horse. Shit, what's that? <laughs> And Mooney Valley Friday night. There's so much product, so much racing at, at the moment. Just a big weekend. Will you be doing the uh, the Twitter radio show on Friday night? Yeah. You have a spell. That's that's going to be given a spell because a huge day <laughs> racing on Saturday. So you've got to be really primed and ready for that. Turnbull Stakes. All right, make sure you check out Little Birdie Shop if you want these guys' products. DK at Y, the provincial set, and then the Metro's uh, Wednesday and Saturday for Nico stuff. But uh, that's a wrap from us. Make sure you check out our other show, Little Birdie Podcast, if you want an NRL grand final preview and our other NFL show, Third and Long. And if you want to uh, get your teeth stuck into the NFL action, uh, Nick Tedeschi is absolutely on fire. He's uh, blazing a hot little trail on the uh, the NFL. He's a very versatile, man. But uh, hopefully there's a heap of winners, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.